Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. A Dear Media original podcast. Hi, welcome to Good Instincts. I'm Shira Barlow, but you may know me as the food therapist. Join me every Monday through Friday for bite-sized episodes designed to help you close the gap between where you are right now and where you want to go. This should feel good. Like, really good. And it will. I promise. Today, our guest is Erin Foster, who really doesn't need an introduction, but let's not forget that she is a writer and producer, many other things, and also co-founder of Favorite Daughter, which is really blowing the fuck up. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So... One of the reasons I think that you are so beloved on the internet, aside from just being really funny, is that you're such (laughs) not a gatekeeper. Like if something really works for you, you want to share it with the world. And one of the things that you shared recently was that you drink raw milk for gut health. (laughs) And it it wound up being kind of like a big thing. People had a lot of questions Mm -hmm. and maybe some concerns and some outrage. And I was wondering if you could walk us through the (laughs) raw milk of it all. Well, and I'm really outspoken about being super conscious of toxic things in our environment and our products. So when milk came to us and said, you know, I want you to promote milk. At first I was like, I don't know if I can promote milk. Like it doesn't feel like on brand for me. I have this acupuncturist that I work with named Danica Thornberry, who has a practice in LA called Well Women Acupuncture. And she'd been helping me with a lot of fertility stuff. She has this amazing fertility diet that she puts women on. And it really makes sense. Even if you're not trying to have a baby as women, we know all too well how different our bodies feel based on where we are at in our cycle and how you feel the week leading up to your cycle, the week during your cycle, the other two weeks where you're like, you think you're out of the woods, but your body's also like doing so much to prepare for the potential pregnancies. And so she has this diet that you eat a different type of diet for each week based on your hormonal health. That could be if you're approaching menopause, if you're trying to keep menopause away, if you're trying to balance your hormones or if you're trying to get pregnant. And it was a really fascinating thing. The most challenging part of it was that there's this, like she calls it like the fertility milkshake. It's not just raw milk. It's also a raw egg that you blend into it. And any Western doctor would probably tell you that it's like super not safe to drink this, but raw milk has gotten a really bad name. If you look more into it, it's like really good for you and it's amazing for your gut. And it's actually like the cleanest milk because it hasn't been messed with and like heat treated and all this stuff. And so I started drinking it and I became kind of obsessed with it. There was something about it that like fed my soul. I don't know. I started like craving it. Wow. 
And I just really loved it. And so I thought, you know, I can get away with doing a milk ad. And then people were really (laughs) upset about it. I was like, am I going to get canceled for doing a milk ad? People kept saying, I know for a fact you don't drink milk. And I was like, how would you know for a fact that I don't drink milk? Are you in my kitchen in the morning? Like, why would you know that? You're like, for Um, a fact, I do. For a fact, they know. But it's not like I'm drinking raw milk with my coffee in the morning. But it's become something that I put into my rotation. And a girlfriend of mine that I won't blow up her spot, but she's been dealing with parasites and like can't get rid of them. Her doctor this week has put her on a diet to get rid of them. It requires eight full days of only consuming raw milk and nothing else. Wow. I think I saw that on Instagram. It was so perfect. I was like, Wait, did, you saw Jamie post it? Yeah, it was like sweet Jamie, oh, sweet baby oh, Jamie. Okay. She posted, yes, okay. I've like noticed that she has this beautiful glassware and mm-hmm. it's like green or whatever. And so it looked almost green and I was about to be like, why is it green? And then I realized it was just a raw milk in a green glass. But yes, yeah, she posted it. So you're not blowing up her spot. Okay. Yeah, it's been a wild parasite journey she's been on. But that's the thing. I think with a lot of things, for you, you felt better. That might not work well for someone else, but there's real science behind that, which is why it's a thing. And then in some cases, it's like an old centuries thing. But I believe in those things too. And it really depends on the person. For you as like a health and dietary expert, what do you think of raw milk? I think that it kind of depends. Like there's definitely a world in which it could help with the biome because there's the lactoferrin and it really does make sense to me. But then at the same time with someone who has like a true milk allergy, it could be inflammatory. Right. That makes sense. There was this billboard over the summer that read, hot girls have IBS, which I see sometimes (laughs) that I thought about you, but it is kind of a thing. And I know you've struggled with gut health. I was wondering if you relate. Thank you for calling me hot. Yeah, super. Yeah, I have colitis and it's just been... I didn't know been, that. Yeah, it sucks for sure. I mean, autoimmune stuff is so frustrating because we just don't understand it enough. And Western medicine really doesn't accept the environmental factors and the dietary factors and just want you to take a steroid. And so it's been such a frustrating thing for 20 years trying to like understand it myself with trial and error and find people who can advise me. And everybody says something completely opposite of the next person. And it's just frustrating. frustrating. It's in a good place now. I think that stress management is such a big factor with autoimmune stuff. And now that I'm like 40 and more settled in my life and calmer and not like wound up over things and not so insecure, I think it all got a little bit easier. And it really is like a journey and you really do have to figure out like the milk thing, what works specifically for you? Because again, you do go to these Western doctors and I'm based very much in that type of science, but a lot of times you can feel something in your gut, you can feel something in your bones. And before it's like accepted by the Western community, you wind up feeling like, but it is still a thing, you guys. Yeah. It's not that I have anything. I mean, I do have some things against Western medicine, but I don't think that there's a good and a bad. I think that everything should be integrative. Like you have the teaching, you have what you've learned in Western medicine, you have these hard facts, but then science evolves and you learn more and you learn new things and holistic medicine and progressive ways to handle disease. They're learning new things all the time. And it just feels like people in the Western world do not want to accept that there could be a way to handle this with food and supplements or lifestyle. I think that goes against what your ethical 
commitment you have as a doctor should be, which is like accepting the evolving facts. I completely agree. I feel like in this same vein, you are someone who has kind of sampled a bunch of wellness modalities. And I was wondering if there were any that you really liked and if any that you just like wouldn't recommend or wouldn't do again. Do you know this doctor, Stephen Gundry, yes. who created the plant paradox? Yes. Is he lectins? Yes. Yes. Yes, he is lectins. So I went to see him in Palm Springs and he put me on a very strict diet. It's the Plant Paradox diet, which is a lectin-free diet. Yep. I've never been on a more restrictive, like crazier diet in my life. And how long it, were you on it for? Like a year. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it just took over my life in a way that if I showed you a photo of what I looked like at the time, I looked so sickly because I was so skinny because I just couldn't like, I was not getting enough food because I was so scared to eat the wrong thing that I was that person at restaurants ordering like fish without anything on it and like vegetables. It it was like every oil was a problem. Every like certain vegetables were problems. Like the way things were processed were problems. And not that I was eating anything processed, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it was just so restrictive and so challenging that I couldn't handle it. I just would never do it again. And I don't fault, like I believe in what he's doing, but it was just too extreme for me. It's such an important point, which is that there are things that are based in science that are totally acceptable ideas. And then in practice, when we do it so rigidly, it winds up taking over our lives and then just not being the thing. And so something like lectins, for anyone that's listening that doesn't know, it's like plants. There are certain ones like eggplant is a big one that he believes are inflammatory in the gut. And the reality is, I think, yeah, if you're going through like a crazy autoimmune flare, I could see acutely limiting stuff like that, anything that might be inflammatory. But truth is, if like we're going to live on earth, there's a bunch Mm -hmm. of things that are inflammatory. So I think to do it dogmatically for a year, I think it's so important for just to talk about because it's like, yeah, in something in theory and then in practice that doesn't work. And then it winds up being so rigid, you probably go off the deep end on some Yeah. Like you're saying, I think probably the healthiest place to land is somewhere in a gray area in the middle where you allow yourself to have some of something, but not too much of something. And I think the reason why we don't do that is because it's so hard to monitor yourself. And so I would go to such an extreme because if you are going to allow yourself sometimes to have the carbs that are on the bad list, the oils that are on the bad list. When is it a good time and when's a bad time? Like you're out to dinner with your girlfriends. You're like, this is the night I should have bread. And then you're, you know, on a date with your husband. You're like, I should have bread. And then you're on vacation. You're like, I fucking deserve bread. Right. Like, when are you going to say no? Like, when does it not feel like a good idea to do the thing that you have been desperate to do? Like, it's always going to feel like a good idea. I think it's the same with drinking. Like, it's so hard. I've tried to quit drinking and I've talked about it. It's not like I have a drinking problem, but it's like, because I have stomach issues, it's just like, I'm sensitive to it yeah. and it doesn't feel great. And I kind of like, can't tell which way it's going to go. Am I going to feel like really inflamed? And like, I can't even eat dinner when I have a glass of wine. Cause I feel so bloated or is it going to be like the best buzz of my life? And I just like laugh with my girlfriends and I wake up and work out and I'm fine. And so I get to a place where I feel like I have to be all or nothing. And I really think the goal for any of these things is to just learn how to like play in the middle a little bit and not be so extreme. I completely agree. And we talk about it all the time. The way I think about it is like we have these long-term goals. We want to like 
feel and look most of us our best three months, six months, a year from now. And we also want to like enjoy our life and do what we want to do. And I think the goal isn't to always like choose the behavior or the food or whatever that focuses on the long-term goal, but it is having that ability in that moment to be like, ooh, do I want to drink tonight? I may not feel the best tomorrow. Is this worth it to me? Same with food. It's like just having that minute to be like, ooh, let me make it a conscious decision. Because I think when we do that thing where it's like, oh, it's the weekend, it's the holidays or whatever, we wind up sometimes feeling like crap and feeling like, how did this happen? It Mm -hmm. it feels better when you're like, no, I made this decision and it was worth it. And I had the best time. And now I'm going to like get back on it. Yes. And I think learning yourself so that you can create the right limits for yourself. Like I'm not going to decide how many nights a week I'm going to allow myself to have a glass of wine because I just don't know what that week's going to look like. There might be a week where I don't want to drink at all during the week. And there might be a week where I have like holiday parties and dinners with girlfriends. I want a glass of wine, but I know for a fact that having three glasses of wine is never going to feel good for me ever, ever, ever. So that's just kind of something I don't really ever need to do. Yeah. It's nice to get to that point where like you just know yourself so well. It's like that, that never pays off. Like it's not even the most fun and it definitely doesn't feel good. Exactly. And like, I don't know, I'm like a married adult woman. Like, what do I need to be like getting drunk for? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like I can have sex with my husband whenever I want, sober or drunk. True. And I don't need to like be insecure and pressing someone at a party and like get too lit up. Like there's just no reason for it. Not that there ever was a reason, but there was better excuses for it. No, there is. And I'm glad that you brought up Simon because A, I've watched the whole evolution, but you're this badass entrepreneur creative, but then you also really love being a wifey. And I love Mm -hmm. that. And I love your relationship with Simon. And I feel like unless it's like a shtick, you really learned how to cook in service of you guys together. And I was wondering what you were making at home, like what your go-to stuff at home was. So I didn't meet Simon until I was 35. Yeah. And I had only ever really been in like super dysfunctional relationships with people who didn't treat me well. And I was like always on the back foot and I never felt secure. And so I never got to a place where I could be confident, like taking care of someone because I never felt taken care of in the relationship. So I never wanted to make anyone dinner. And I had like sort of a rebellious nature around it. Like I'm not going to do things for you because you don't do anything for me. And I started cooking before Simon, when I was single, I started getting more confident cooking because I decided to cook for myself. And I started realizing I was like better at it than I'd expected to be. It really started around me doing the whole 30, which is another thing I tried. (laughs) And I didn't really have results from doing the whole 30. It's not that I don't believe in it at all. I think I just already eat pretty clean. So it wasn't like a drastic difference for me. It was also super restrictive and hard to do, but it taught me how to make certain recipes that were really clean. So I started cooking from that and feeling proud of myself for being good at something and cooking being this thing that I never thought I would be good at. And so then when I met Simon and he was so like kind and patient and like appreciative, it made me less scared to make a mistake. And so I think being in a relationship where I felt really safe to make a mistake or try something new just gave me that confidence to like cook for another person. Mm. But listen, it is interesting that there's not a tremendous amount of like support or pride in really wanting to be a great wife these days. I agree. I agree. So I think that 
sometimes it can be viewed as like, I'm like some 1950s housewife that's like doting on her husband. I don't see it that way at all. Like I see it as really beautiful. We saw your whole journey of being single for a long time and really yearning for that kind of like partnership. And I think that you really honor that. It's something that like you work towards and think about. And I think it's really beautiful. Like when I see it, it like makes me really happy. Thank you. No, that is what it feels like. I think that I'm so taken care of in my relationship that I love to take care of Simon as well. And so any of the things that are my needs are always being met by him. And so like, he's happy to order in five nights a week. I enjoy cooking. It like stirs up this instinct in me that feels like womanly and cooking is really relaxing for me. But like, it has to be relationship dependent. I think it's so dangerous to ever look at someone else's relationship and think, because we all do it like, oh, I want this or I want that because everybody really wants something totally different than the next person. And so what I have really, really worked well for me and it worked really well for Simon, but like Simon before me was like a shitty boyfriend to other people. (laughs) He wasn't at all like the great partner he is for me. We just make sense. We're just a match for each other, but not everybody wants that dynamic. And it's important for everyone to remember to find the thing that's really right for you. Not that you like see is right for someone else. I mean, Aaron Foster, let's not sleep on as a health influencer and a relationship. (laughs) I mean, no, it is a thing. I've known that you've had a lot of relationship wisdom for a long time. I'm glad you had that nugget of the Simon of it all. I wanted to ask you two more questions that I ask everyone, which is, one is what is grounding you right now? Like it could be, and maybe it is Simon. And now (laughs) maybe it feels bad if we don't say Simon, but it could be like a thing or a practice or a person or something that kind of just like brings you back to yourself. First thing that jumped out of my mind is that lately I've really felt good saying no, just not going to the dinner, not going to the party and not going to hang out with a friend. Just like I want to be home or I want to read the book or I want to cook. Just being where I want to be and not feeling like obligated to go places has felt really relaxing lately. Oh, I love that. I very much like to stay home. And I've always known that about you, that you love being like comfy and cozy. But I do think also getting to a point in your life with your friendships and your relationships where it's like you're okay with maybe disappointing someone with the expectation of like you are a good friend and you do care about them and all of those things and people forgive you. I also wanted to know if there was like a food or a snack that you could never get sick of. Ooh, chips and salsa. That's your thing. I could never, ever get sick of chips and salsa. Do you do like Mexican food at home? Do you make it or is that like a... I don't make Mexican food at home. I would love to learn how to make good Mexican food. Do you make good Mexican food? So I don't want to say that I make amazing Mexican food, but I do chicken in my Instant Pot with like salsa and it gets like really shredded, beautiful. I will show you how to do it. And then you can take that and then crisp it up on the stovetop. Holy shit. It's kind of like a reverse braise. Like, you know, when you like brown the chicken Uh or the meat first and then you like do it, submerge it in liquid and then it gets beautiful. That sounds phenomenal. Can you do spicy though? I can do medium. Medium. Yeah. yeah. I like a medium salsa. What's your, what's your snack you can't live without? I'm like a big peanut butter person. I call it like my sorority girl special. I've been doing it forever. Like to me, like having like cut up carrots dipped in crunchy peanut butter. If I like had a rider anywhere, like that would be on it. Like to me, that's just like home. It's comfy. It's cozy. It's like a little mm-hmm. trashy and I don't care. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not trashy if it's like good quality peanut butter. Yes, that's true. Erin, thank you so much. 
much for doing this. This was really, Thanks really, really fun. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's so fun. It's so easy. Also, we would be remiss to not shout out my close personal friend, Rebecca Foster, who is a listener <laughs> of this show. Hi, mom. <laughs> Hi, mom. Thanks for supporting Thanks for everybody supporting. that I care about. Yeah, literally. Thank you so much for listening to Good Instincts, hosted and written by me, Shira Barlow. You can find me on Instagram at Shira underscore RD. Good Instincts is a Dear Media Daily produced by Katherine Hugh. If you like this episode, please make sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate us.